So whatever happened to that big red wave back on Tuesday? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I welcome you to the Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit today with a guest about the election this past Tuesday. I'm not going to get too much into some of the races, but there's some things I, I think we need to understand. And my guest today, by the way, is going to be Frank Salvato from the Underground USA podcast and writings. And and, and I've known Frank for quite a while, and, and, and I wanted to get his take and, and what he thought of this past Tuesday's election. We heard from all the official big-time pundits, people like Dick Morris, Carl Rove, and others, you know, talking about this bubbling-under-the-surface tsunami. We could have 54, maybe 57 seats in the United States Senate. We might get the governor's mansion in New York, in Michigan. We'll, we'll just wipe them out in the House of Representatives. It's going to be a red tsunami. It's going to be a big red wave. The election of 2022 is going to fix everything. We're going to make up for what happened to us in 2020. And once we take it back, America will be great again. Well, the numbers didn't work out exactly as the pundits had described. I think a lot of the pollsters, I think a lot of individuals underestimate how certain elements in politics work. And I think if you look at the conservative side or Republican side, they don't get it when it comes to running elections. They don't understand the undercurrents. They're believing because people are working off a misery index that they're going to win in spite of themselves, in spite of the fact that they have always underperformed way too often in situations just like this. And so here we are. The big red puddle. It didn't turn out to be a tsunami. Like I say, I'll talk to Frank in just a couple of moments couple of updates at the beginning of the program today. We're recording the program a little bit early. If you hear some noise in the background, there's some work going on here at the house. I've got a couple of appointments this week. Also, WRMI, we may or may not be on the air there tonight because of issues with with the tropical storm hurricane uh, Nicole. And so we, we don't know. But I wanted to make sure they had the program in time in case they can function. So keep them in your prayers. They just had finished doing a lot of repairs from, from Hurricane Ian. And now this was so unexpected this late in the season over at WRMI. Health-wise, uh, as I mentioned before, doing very well. Um, had some very good news uh, from the pathology. Yeah, it is a cancer, but it's one of those type that just simply removing it should be enough. And the five-year survivability rate's around 97%. So I feel pretty confident. It really weighed on me. I didn't talk much about it because we didn't know. And we just got the pathology report this week. And so I have some follow-up stuff to still do with this, but we're going to keep on keeping on. And I'm excited about all that God is doing. And so 
I want to thank you right now for your prayers for me during this time. This is a ministry, and I want you never to forget that. Uh, while we'll be talking politics today, and, and we need to every once in a while, and we talk about news stories and stuff, we, we need to remember, though, that our, our central focus here at Truth to Ponder is really to, to point you to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And that's the other work that we do here at Truth to Ponder. And so I want to thank all of you that got us through the month of October, and here we are now well into the month of November, and I want to thank you for keeping us on the air. While we may lose a day or two or whatever at WRMI, we still need to keep the message out on shortwave. And I'm looking at other stations to add if we can. And so if the budget will allow it, we're going to expand. And so I'm going to encourage you to consider making a gift to to us here. You make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. And the city is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia is 24319. That's 24319. You can also support us from our website, which is truth2ponder.com. Now, my guest today is Frank Silvato from Underground USA. And he and I were talking before we started the program today about this election that has just gone by. And I, and I wanted to get his take because he, he, he can kind of sort through the nonsense and the noise. And that's what I'd like to do today is to sort through the nonsense and the noise so you can understand exactly what really happened and how you shouldn't trust the pundits and never underestimate those in politics, especially on the Democrat side. They've mastered the art of controlling their voters. And so... So, Frank, as we open the program today, what do you think about that great uh, tsunami or the, the great hurricane that came through? Yeah, I guess it was a cat 0.0007 if it was a, if it was a hurricane. Um, this is what happens when, when the talking heads get excited. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been saying this for a while since they've been talking about this red wave. You are the wave. If you don't show up, no wave crashes on the shore Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason and this is just this just goes back from election to election to election whenever the talking heads or the gop in washington start getting arrogant about what they're going to do when they assume power right people on the right tend to think it's in the bag so getting to the polls isn't an urgent task and we saw that here in this election, much closer than it ever should have been given the ammunition that the Biden administration gave us. There's no excuse for it. No excuse. You know, but then, but then Georgia, now now this one is a puzzler to some, and let's see if we can break a few of these races down. Georgia, you got a runoff now. How could that be when the governor was able to defeat Stacey Abrams handedly? Well, Herschel, the machine, the Democrat machine went at Herschel Walker as hard as they could, and it had some effect. But you've also got a libertarian candidate in there who pulled away from uh, votes that would have probably gone to Walker. 
so this this runoff that's going to happen, and because I believe they're within 0.9 percent, mm-hmm. this runoff that's going to happen, the libertarians, if if you look at the way that they their platform was for that race, their candidate's platform, they will probably break more towards Walker. So that's what the GOP is hanging its hat on. But the fact that they have to hang their hat on one or two races when they should have been able to pick up three or four seats mm-hmm. is is pathetic. It's pathetic. You know, the problem, and I've heard this before, the GOP has a tendency to to grasp defeat from the jaws of victory. Absolutely. And absolutely. It's like, do we know how to run races anymore? We haven't stepped up. We, we haven't done this. We saw this back in the in the the reelection of Barack Obama. You you had Romney's team of, of the top heavy national GOP and state parties insisting they knew how best how to run a race. And they didn't see the analyst institute coming from a thousand miles away. The AFL-CIO and, and the Obama team put together the Analyst Institute, and they started to individually target voters to bully them into voting. Mm-hmm. They used coercion to do it. It was a gigantic PSYOPs campaign. We should have been able to mop the floor with with the Obama re-election nomination because of Obamacare. Yeah, the go, country go didn't 12, want it. Go back 12 years ago, 2010, midterm elections. Uh, Obama's been in there for not quite two years. Obamacare had just squeaked through. That was his signature legislation. And here we are two years after the shellacking, as Obama himself called it, in 2010. And you would have thought that we would see a victory with even, even though it was kind of a you know terrible candidate. But, but even so, it should have been, and it didn't happen. Yeah, no, there's we haven't kept up with the times on the right as far as reaching out to voters. The yard signs and bumper stickers are the things of the 1960s, 70s, and maybe the early 80s. The Democrats have sought to move beyond this, and that's why they have their very, very potent relationships with Silicon Valley. That's right. They have been courting these people since the very beginning because they had the vision to say, wow, if they can touch people individually, if we can co-op them, we've got politics in front of people's faces to front and center. Not to mention, if we treat them right when we're in power, Mm -hmm. we can carve out things for them and and they'll be beholden to us. We didn't keep up with that. We keep playing by this antiquated set of rules that says, well, this time maybe they'll play fair. <laughs> When's the last time that they played fair? We don't. We know they didn't in 2020. I'm, I'm convinced of that. You cannot convince me otherwise. Things happened that should never have been allowed to happen, but unfortunately, we can't undo it now. And you, you, you can go all the way back to 2000 mm-hmm. with with the way that they wanted to. We must continue counting ballots. We must continue. Well, when would that stop? Is there is there an okay we time? As soon as we win. And Al Franken's another one. Well, we found we found some more ballots in a trunk. Yeah. You know, and, and I, nobody challenged it. Well, they did, but it never went anywhere. Well, it's because the media doesn't want to take up arms against them. Mm-hmm. You know, if if the right is going to to re oh, I hate using this term too. if the right is going to reimagine what politics oh, yeah. is today, they're going to necessarily have to create a parallel media structure, which means 
the people with deep pockets have to get off their hands. Yeah. If, if the people on the right believe that it's just going to materialize out of nothing because we need it mm-hmm. and you're not going to fund it, then it's not coming. And we're going to keep going down the road that we've been going down. And that is a road to fascism permanently. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. and that's something else. You know, people, the big argument back in 2010, get us in. You know, we, you got, we got to take the House and the Senate. We got to stop Obamacare. OK, we gave you the House and the Senate 2010. Then we you, you, you gave us a lousy candidate and, and a lot of hype and noise. And Barack Obama was using already things like, oh, I don't know, a new little fangled thing called Facebook. And, and a new thing called Twitter was out there. And all of a sudden, we have Mitt Romney going down in flames. And then for the next how, how long? All the way till 2016. We heard from 2012 to 16. For four solid years, they passed legislation to repeal and replace Obamacare. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, and how, by the way, if you hear my dog in the background, we have some work going on outside and they're just all happy. Who are these people digging a hole in our yard? So it, yeah. if you hear that well, in the background. They're, 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 the, the Democrats are trying to dig up some more votes. Yeah, that's, that's, just, that's yeah, Democrats digging up votes. But, yeah. but the, the problem is for four years, they passed the legislation. For four years, they put it on Obama's desk and four years, he, he, he vetoed it every time. And there was never a sufficient override, the ability to override the veto. And so it went like nowhere. No, but it's, they, they never intended to to get rid of it because no. there's big, big money coming in from insurance lobbyists off K Street. If they meant to get rid of it the second that Trump was elected, mm-hmm. Republicans would have repealed it. But they did. Well, we, barrel. And they made a good showing. And John McCain ended it all. When he did the thumbs down and then went home to die. This is this is kind of what I was writing. I got a lot of pushback. I wrote a, a an article uh, over at Underground USA about we can't look at the R and the D anymore. You must look at the individual because when you look at, I'm just voting straight R. Well, that includes Lisa Murkowski, mm-hmm. Susan Collins, mm-hmm. Mitt Romney. Mm-hmm. It included John McCain before he died. It includes Mitch McConnell. Hey, it included Liz um, uh, Cheney. Liz Cheney. So if if Republicans are going to to get their stuff together for 2024, there has to be a serious bloodletting at the top. You have to empower the states. That's right. You have to realize that politics is local. Mm -hmm. It is not this mandate that comes down from the hill. You know, and if we and if we have to cull the herd to bring in some new talents, so be it. It's going to have to look. Brian Kemp in Georgia, in my opinion, he is a bit of a rhino, always has been. He's what I call the Roswell Republican. You know, they're socially liberal in Roswell, but they're fiscally conservative because they got big paychecks and they like that kind of, you know, the ability of being on both sides of the fence. And he plays it quite well. And so he's going to get those votes in North Atlanta. He's going to get those votes in Gwinnett County, where it counts. And that's where Herschel Walker fell on his face in those areas where they want that social, liberal, but fiscal conservative. And that, that, that's the only way to describe a good portion of Metro Atlanta. And we have a lot of these rhinos all over the country. 
and you know and new york well yeah. and this is this is where the danger and this is not a popular thing right now on the right side of the aisle but sometimes we have to hear things that are unpleasant so that we can start to envision them and say well let's examine that fact um a headline over at the washington examiner today talks about how ticked off trump is that, uh, that the blue wall stopped the wave mm-hmm. it's when you create a cult of personality in politics it cuts both ways. Now, I loved Trump's policies. Mm-hmm. I thought they were very good for the United States all across the board. You know, we saw home ownership in, my, in the minority demographics shooting up. Businesses in minority demographics were sh- shooting up. Mm-hmm. 401ks were getting steam. The economy oh, yeah. was good. Orders were secure. We were respected around the world. But he made it about himself. And now, as we go into these midterms, he's anointing people, and it is it is solidifying the left. Absolutely. So when you look at what happened to Dr. Oz, yep. when you look at what's happening to Carrie Lake, mm-hmm. when you look at what's happening to Herschel Walker, it's not because Trump's policies weren't good, it's because it was about Trump. Now, the message is clear to anybody who doesn't want to wear rose-colored glasses here. Mm-hmm. It's got to stop being about him. Absolutely. Listen, my, I told my wife the other night, when I'm watch, we were watching one of those rallies that Trump had, and when the words fell out of his mouth, Ron uh, Santamonius, it was yeah. like, you got to be kidding. Yeah, are you try, was, are you trying to commit? Are you trying to have the Republican Party commit suicide and two years before be. the election? It would be a Ross Perot moment, and, and that's what hand, you, you're. you're that's how this is how we got Clinton. Yes, this is and, the and, same and, thing. And I'm I'm going. You had and, you're going to have you're going to have the two fighting it out and one run. I mean, listen, face it, we we have. Trump and I know I know I'm going to get some people mad but I'm just looking at this like an analyst and I'm looking at it without emotion without attachment I'm trying to be an honest broker here that should never have been said at that rally regardless never. of what you want to do maybe in a year or two from now or if you're going to make your announcement 47 days before the end of the year because you want to be the 47th president too which is what it boils down to Let's be honest. That's why it's going to be 47 days before the end of the year he'll make his announcement. You should have waited your turn. Get past this election. You actually did damage, in my opinion, in the election when you started getting into the Ron, uh, the Santamonious. That was that should have just been left off the table. And you couldn't recover it by running down to Florida and say, intellect, Ron DeSantis. You know, you've already you've already spilled the beans. The the thing here is his his non devotion to what's worked in the past. Mm-hmm. Reagan's eleventh commandment, which really wasn't made up by Ronald Reagan, but he adopted it and it became popular during his presidency, is that you do not badmouth other Republicans mm-hmm. in public. You don't do it. He did it right out of the box during the primaries. Mm-hmm. He, he he wanted to make sure everybody knew that he was the wrench in the machine. That's fine. But once he became president, he was the machine. And, and, as a ti- and as titular head of the Republican Party now, even though he's an ex-president, he's attacking his own. Th- this is not good. And, and quite honestly, it's very disappointing. 
Mm. And I think he has to re-examine something here. And again, this is not going to be popular amongst a lot of people on the right. But he's going to have to examine whether his candidacy would hurt the party or help the party because it's bigger than him. And he it's could, bigger than him. Look, if he divides the party, if, if things don't change and he divides the party over the next two years, we then lose. you will see Biden reelected. Yeah. And if, then if he's still alive and still functioning and they're able to keep them off the campaign trail like they did in 2020, well, he could actually there's, win there's, again. There's a game plan here. If he wins again, he's going to step down for health purposes. And you will have the vice president come in to fulfill the end of that term. And because the vice president was never elected, mm-hmm. the vice president gets a run for two more terms. And the problem, and, and right now, what they really need to do is decide after everything is settled, do they want to have Kamala as their head of the ticket or somebody else? I believe they'll probably drop her going going in. She will find a reason. They will mm-hmm. find a reason. Um, but that's, you know, that's down the line. Mm-hmm. The GOP has got to focus on on getting in front of Trump. Trump's ego is, it, it's not going to be easy to deal with. He no. believes that something was stolen from him and he wants it back. But if he's a true patriot... If he's a true patriot and cares about the republic and and the, and wants to stop the process of handing over our republic to the globalist cabal out of Davos, he's going to have to bite a bullet for yeah. the good of the nation. Look, and that, you know what? It is not a bad job to be the kingmaker. No. But you've got to declare that that's what you're doing. If he says, I'm not running for president, and he gets behind DeSantis, how big of a landslide would that be? Enormous. The only thing stopping that landslide is Trump's ego. I agree with you. I, I agree with Trump on one thing. When you look at some of the nonsense that happened in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, and Georgia, there is, to me, sufficient evidence to believe that things sh- that happened that were permitted to happen. I've I've given this example before. I've got a good friend of mine that worked for the Republican Senate Committee and and did a little bit of research in the state of Georgia after the 2020 election. And he was going to, you know, Georgia's got a million counties, as you probably know. You know, there's more counties in it, I think, any other state. And he went to some small counties in middle Georgia, you know, off the Interstate 16 between Savannah and going up toward Macon. And he would he grabbed a list of new registered voters that had just come in and registered in time for the 2020 election. And lo and behold, he went out to a bunch of addresses and he found, oh, about 100, 100 locations that had no homes, no nothing, but, a, but they had a registered voter that couldn't be found. These people came to Georgia or made up names, went to these small towns. Well, you're saying, Bob, that's only 100 votes. What what does that mean? You got 153 or 56 counties there. Do that in every county. You have you have 16,000 votes. How much did Trump lose by? You want to talk about you want to talk about why does 100 votes matter? Look at the race now between Walker and Warnock. Mm hmm. 
And you know, it, look, it, look at look at that race. Uh, the overriding thing here about the the federal elections, and this is where the Supreme Court was completely delinquent in in their constitutional duty. Election law, per the Constitution, is vested in the legislatures of the states. Period. There's again after that it says or when the, when if when Congress may or may not act as needed, but that mm-hmm. requires an act of Congress, and there wasn't one. Right. All of these changes in the states that you mentioned during 2020 were not done by the legislature. They were they done. done by, they were done by governors, or they were done by, by the secretary exe- of by, states. By the executive branch, which is unconstitutional. When Texas brought their lawsuit to the Supreme Court saying you are disenfranchising our vote, disenfranchising our votes in Texas by allowing them to alter their election law unconstitutionally under the guise of an emergency, it's unconstitutional. And when they said that Texas didn't have standing for a dispute between the states, that is absolutely wrong per the reading of the Constitution, because that's the only court in which disputes between the states can take place. Yep. And we have to remember that standing is not something that's in the Constitution. It is a a made up thing through the law schools that gives them cover to say, wait, we just don't want to make a decision on it. Standing is not something that is mandated. So you want to talk about what happened in 2020 and and that the elections were stolen, Mm -hmm. stolen, manipulated, whatever, whatever word you want to use. The fact is, those votes were unconstitutional. The certified votes from those states were unconstitutional Absolutely. because the process was unconstitutional. And we haven't done anything to change that. So to expect something different at this point is, you know, you're smoking something that's legal in California and now a bunch of other states, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you still have... Gretchen as the governor in Michigan, you still have Kathy in mm-hmm. New York, and all the big hoopla that we're going to have a big red wave, no. it, it just never materialized, and and I felt it, and I've been telling my listeners on this program that I don't put a whole lot of hope in the way things are going, it's going to take a change of people more than politics Now, before we go to the break, and I do want you to come back on the other side for at least a few minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, tell people about the podcast you do and how they can find out about the writings you have. And there's you have some very prolific writings. Well, I I publish undergroundusa.com. I I have my roots in the New Media Journal, which was around for many, 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 many years. Uh, One of the first five conservative magazines come out along with Newsmax and Town Hall and things. Um, and then Google got a hold of me and expunged me from Google News and and a whole bunch of other things because I dared to share the true and honest definition of what jihad meant. Uh, they said I was propagating hate speech and therefore I was diminished in the search results. And mm-hmm. Facebook did the coup de gras by saying we're getting rid of you as well because, well, you're a Republican. So um, I started Underground USA as a kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing, saying if they're going to be like this, then we got to go underground. The underground resistance during World War II helped win the war. Let's go underground and win the war. 
So I've got a podcast over there um, that features some of the interviews that I'm on from time to time and mm-hmm. occasionally when I need to get on the soapbox about something. But it's always educational and informative. It's never about um, just griping. You know, you learn something when you when you come away from the experience, whether it's writing or whether it's the podcast. So check us out at undergroundusa.com. Right now, we need to take a break, and Frank will be back on the other side. We'll we'll continue our conversation. Just want to take a moment to thank all of you that listen to and support this radio ministry of Truth to Ponder. Now, right now, we are not certain how things are going to pan out. You may be listening as a podcast, and so we may or may not be on WRMI on Thursday, maybe Friday, even into next week. We don't know what the extent of the damage is going to be uh, from the hurricane and tropical storm that is coming across Florida. And so we'll let you know as soon as we know something. To make sure the program was at the radio station for the weekend and also this program, we've recorded a little bit in advance and hopefully we'll get a better idea and be more up to date on Monday. Now... We made it through October, and we can really use your help as we're coming through this month of November. I know it's been a difficult time, and I know a lot of people were kind of waiting to see what the election would give us. Any hope? Maybe some. But I've been telling you all along, don't put your trust in princes or the sons of men. Put your faith in God, not government, not the ballot box. This year was the 50th anniversary of the first time that I voted in 1972. And I've been trying to fix the country at the ballot box for 50 years. Is it fixed? No, it's worse now than it was when I voted. Evil always will take a couple of steps, three steps forward, four steps forward, and we might be lucky to get one or two of them back from time to time. I think that's all that happened. If you believe in our ministry and what we're doing, would you consider a financial gift to keep us on the air? If you'll make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, that's Ancient Word Radio. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is... 24319. Once again, the zip code is 24319. 24319. And after this break, we will be back with our guest, Frank Silvato. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The last voice coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. The scene is powerful. The woman is surrounded by people who want to stone her to death. She's caught in adultery. They hate her. Imagine being her. She's hearing voices of condemnation and rejection, accusation and hatred and all that. And then Messiah comes and he says, let the one who was without sin cast the first stone and they all leave. And it's just left. The only thing left is her and Messiah. And he says, women, where are your accusers? And she says, they're not here. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. Well, that's an amazing, beautiful picture of us and our life. You see, in this life, we hear so many voices uh, and so many voices of 
rejection, of criticism, of accusation, of doubt, of envy, of, of jealousy, of discouragement, of despair, of guilt, of hatred, of whatever it is, and even voices of flattery and praise and a million other things. And you can live our life in the echo of these voices, caring about what they think and reacting all the time. Most of the time we do. But you know what? In the end, it's all going to be gone. The voices of rejection, gone. Of criticism, gone. Even of flattery, gone. The only thing that's going to matter in the end, only one will be left. And that's going to be him who's going to say, where are your accusers? And they won't be there. Or where are those who flattered you? It won't matter. It doesn't matter what people said about you one way or the other. The only thing that will matter is what he says. So stop wasting your life now dwelling on voices that are going to disappear like vapor in the end. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter. Just go for that one voice. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because in the end, the only voice you'll hear is his. One more, ask for him on CD. Now, how do you like to receive something so awesome that's been hidden for 2,000 years? The Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD. You'll love it. And Sapphire is guaranteed to bless your socks off. Vitamins for your spirit, a free gift subscription. How do you get all these free gifts? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua. Write it down and call. That's it. Call 1 800 Yeshua 1 for your free gifts. But call now 1 800 Y E S H U A 1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, the Jewish people, and the unreached peoples of every nation. Over a billion people. It's amazing. The farthest way you can ever spread the gospel through Shortwave Radio, you'll be part. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's how. The address is the Nice Jewish Boy Box, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Nice Jewish Boy Box, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Khan saying, Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Ro'eh. Hatov, the Good Shepherd. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Thursday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Once again, as I reminded you going into the break, we may or may not be on WRMI because of the storm situation in Florida. And we just want you to keep them in your prayers. They had just gotten a lot of the repairs done from Hurricane Ian and then to have this unexpected blow again. So we just are hoping and praying that we'll be back on maybe this weekend, maybe tomorrow, maybe by Monday at least on some of the frequencies, as has happened before. My guest today is Frank Silvato, and he is with Underground USA. He produces a podcast. He's a prolific writer, and I've been following him, I'm trying to think now, for at least six, seven years, maybe longer. And I thought if anybody would be fun to talk to about what happened this past Tuesday, in the elections here in the United States, he, he came to mind as somebody I, I think we ought to listen to. And, and I I reached out to him the other day and I said, look, after this is all said and done, why don't you come on the program and we'll kind of just do an analysis. I, I'm not getting into all the races. You can listen to all the pundits over at Newsmax or Fox or wherever trying to figure out where they got it wrong. How could have they missed this massive red tsunami this paint the 
paint the country red. It's going to just flip everything. Even the governorship of New York could be could be ours after all these years. Michigan, get rid of Gretchen Whitmer. Lee, I mean, can you imagine governorships and and a massive number in the House and even 54, 55, maybe 57 seats in, in the Senate of the United States? And did it ever happen? Not near what people thought it would. And I, I believe a lot of it has to do with conservatives don't really pay attention to how people do things these days. Social media is such a part of our lives. Using things like Google to do a, do a search. Everybody just, you know, you want to find something out, go to Google. And these companies, these multi-billion dollar tech companies have an undue influence on elections. And I think we underestimate the power. Frank, do you think that there's some undue influence by these tech giants? Absolutely. Absolutely. They, uh, this, there was a huge study done just about Google and search results mm-hmm. uh, in the 2016 election. And and the professor who, who published the study, and it was comprehensive, said, without doubt, search engine results and social media feed placement plays a significant role in the outcome of elections. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to be able to force a private entity to do something? You're getting real close to a, a boatload of fascism right there when you say we're going to force you not to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the solution has to come in educating the public. If you're getting your news from social media, right? don't. Well, I think to me, and, and you, you said it in the, in the first segment of the program, we were talking about how these social media giants and the Democrats have been working together mm-hmm. hand in hand for ages. Mm-hmm. And you just go back to the 1990s. Yeah. And as they put together all of these various bills to protect and, and the reasoning was kind of sound at the time, but how it's been used and abused is, is, is monstrous. I can understand. 1996, the internet is young. It's it, it's a wild place, and and you have some entrepreneurs working out of their homes with a billboard in a small town like a Chilhowee, Virginia. And if somebody said something, somebody might sue somebody, and the poor little guy and his wife might lose their house, or their car, and their savings in this new enterprise because of a lawsuit. And so Section 230 came along to protect them. And so they they had all these strange rights that a publisher uh, has, but they're also protected at the same time. So they were getting the best of all worlds that nobody else gets on the Internet. That absolutely has to be readdressed. If you're going to be a publisher and you're going to manipulate news rankings and stories, then you are a publisher. Whether someone Mm -hmm. else is publishing it on your platform or not, you're the vehicle. That's right. But but we have little appetite for this in Washington because, and, and this is the cancer that exists within the Beltway. Mm-hmm. When you're in power, you want to have that ability. When you're not in power, you complain about it. That's why nothing ever gets done when you talk about reform. They're not going to go into the DOJ and do anything about it because they may get to use it for themselves next time. That's right. That's how it keeps going. The only thing that we can do as a nation 
is is start we need to bring about a true and real actionable discussion on re-empowering the states and neutering the federal government it was never supposed to be a centralized government ever a lot of people don't understand that woodrow wilson probably did more harm to this nation than any other entity that has ever come along before and and since I mean, he, he, cert- he certainly introduced it. Roosevelt didn't do a bad job of supercharging it. Mm-hmm. LBJ did a good job of bringing it along, and Obama brought it real close to the goal line. So, you know, when people, when I keep saying, and I've said this for pr- pr- probably 20 years now, mm-hmm. progressives see the goal line, and they are running as fast as they can to cross it, and where they're playing football, we're playing hockey at 40. Yeah. You know, we, one, we have we have got to understand how to connect with the individuals. And one of the big things, and I said this this morning talking to a colleague, this idea that you're not supposed to talk about politics and religion is a false flag operation. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about politics and religion. We don't have to argue about politics and religion. But we do need to start talking to our neighbors about it. Hey, I agree. I agree. You know, I, I, I think, like I say, I'm thinking back to the 1990s and, and how you were right. You go back to how, how the short memory. Let's put it that way. We have short memories. Clinton came on board in 1992. Then we had the contract with America and that worked out quite well. And everybody thought we had Bill Clinton neutered. Well, he still won in 96. But then again, when you when you run Kemp, I mean, that was not going anywhere. Uh, then you come along. We So you had him again all the way uh, through the year 2000. And then we have George W. Bush and, and Cheney, really. And then we got Barack Obama. And then we had just we, we've we've not done very well when we've had the opportunity to do something we 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 haven't had a ronald reagan in a long time and and i don't see one on the horizon maybe DeSantis, but it's not going to be trump because i think he just shot himself in the foot i hate to say it and i know some people don't want to hear that but he did you don't you don't start using terms like ron DeSantis and think that it's not going to be remembered you just divided enough people away with that remark to hurt you well, we, we've got a teachable moment here. There's there's no question about it. And the teachable moment is exposing two things. You never run a person. You run a platform. Mm-hmm. And you run someone who can execute the platform. If Trump would have been that guy, it wouldn't have been about Trump. So he is the animal that says Ron to Sanctimonious and, and little Marco and things like that. This way mm-hmm. he's always been. Mm-hmm. Think he's going to change because he's attained something is is the thinking of fools but what we've learned here is that the the trump brand on a candidate doesn't guarantee you anything that's right and that the voter and it might hurt it might work it it may actually backfire as i think it did in a couple of cases well it, it galvanized in an in an age when we should have been able to mop the floor with the opposition, not That's only right. because of how arrogant they are, but because of how extreme and and out of touch their mm-hmm. policies have been, mm-hmm. we're barely squeaking by. Yeah. Now, granted, I'll give you this. 
we had an uphill climb because we gained seats in the last election. So, so having this giant outpouring of victories was going to be a little bit harder. Yeah. Well, we should never be worrying about whether or not we can take both chambers with the performance we've seen for two years. And well, we did, but we but means we, there's we, a we lack of vision and lack of leadership and and lack of ingenuity yep. and lack of being in touch yep. with how you need to run campaigns. Absolutely, and 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 I think a lot of people just don't understand that. Well, number one, we have a lot of people in the United States, and, and I'm voters on both sides. It doesn't make any difference to me that are blatantly stupid when it comes to understanding our system, our government, and the issues. Uh, we have too many one-issue people out there, and they don't look at the bigger picture at 35,000 feet of what their candidates are doing to you and your 401ks and your future and your kids. You're too busy mm-hmm. worrying about this or that or the other. We, we, don't, we, we don't have a total package anymore of dealing with the multiple issues our nation faces. And that you're right. That's how the Democrats were able to survive and not be thoroughly wiped out because well, they were able to they were able to frame a few arguments correctly. Let's look at it this, you know, if we want to look at it bare bones and very very raw, the issues that the Democrats run on 99% of the time are social issues that don't belong in the purview of federal government. That's right. We saw that with the abortion issue. Mm-hmm. Here's the Supreme Court came out and said, you know what? We never should have ruled on this in the first place. This belongs at the state level. Where it used to be. And and the Democrats ran real hard with they're trying to keep you from having this procedure. They're trying to own your body. Republicans did nothing to push back on that saying, whoa, this gives you more opportunity in your state to do what you want to with this issue. No, they want Not, it to be they want they want centralized government. They don't want well, the whole listen. A lot of a lot of listeners. This is new to them. A lot of my audience probably knows that you know before Woodrow Wilson, the senators were appointed by their state legislatures to be a firewall. Mm-hmm. They were not elected by the people directly because they didn't want outside influence from even other states upon a candidate. They wanted the state legislatures to have a voice in the federal government, and and the United States Senate was the firewall. Well, that's gone. That's gone. We had a, we had a two the, the the system of government that our framers gave us was one house represents the people, the other house represents the states. That's that's what it was. And when, not anymore. When Wilson moved in, and well, direct election of senators ended that. So to think that we still live in the under the same constitution that they gave us is an error in thinking. We don't. We haven't. We haven't been that since 1900. And, and and when you look at these Senate races, good example. Look at all the money, like Georgia. We'll just use Georgia. Use any of them. Where does the money come from from these big races for hundreds of millions of dollars? It comes from billionaires and millionaires in other states that Mm -hmm. are trying. In other words, they're trying to buy the election in Georgia. They're trying to buy the election wherever. It doesn't make any difference. These have become national seats for the national party. And it no longer has a damn thing to do, pardon my French, with the states. And then that's why and we talked about this during our last visit. This is why. Governors like DeSantis and Abbott and Nome and, mm-hmm. and a few others who actually stand up for and understand the Constitution have to start invoking nullification. Well, we saw what happened when the DOJ tried to send poll watchers down to Broward and Miami Dade and West Palm. 
DeSantis said, our Constitution doesn't allow that. You will mm-hmm. not be allowed to enter. It is against state laws. So you're not going to be overseeing anything about a federal election. And, and they're, they're saying, but it's a federal election. And you go back to the Constitution. As you said, it's the state's prerogative how elections are conducted. And this is why nullification is the answer. Nullification will save us from secession yeah. by some states. And we need to understand that process and our right to invoke it 100% going forward. Because if we don't, mm-hmm. we're going to keep going down this road. We're going to lose the republic, and it's going to happen very quick. Oh, I know. I know. We, we, we're already, I think, we're I read an article, and I'm going to talk more about it on my program tomorrow. But somebody wrote a great article that it's time for a national divorce. I mean, we're just not getting along. We need a divorce or at least a trial separation because we're not even functioning as Americans anymore. The brief moments like 9-11 became nothing more than brief moments. We, we haven't had a World War II moment in in 80 years. So we, we are such a divided people. And the worst part is these politicians are experts at keeping us divided and at each other's throats. And maybe it's time we disengage and, well, and start living our lives and tell these politicians, we don't care. We don't want the, you to have power. We, we, you know, we need to get rid of the system uh, in terms of the people that are you following what I'm saying? Maybe I'm maybe I'm not getting my, my thought we, out right. We just need to dispense with centralized government because it was never supposed to be. If California wants to have some of the most bizarre laws that anybody's ever thought of, everyone's got to own a llama and it's got to be gas powered. I don't give a damn what mm-hmm. they do out in California. I live in Florida. Right. If Florida changes to California and I hate it, I have the right to move. And I will move somewhere else where people where I can be governed by people who actually like are like minded. But that's the experiment of the 50 states coming together in a union. I don't want Florida to be California. I don't want New York to be New Mexico. Be what you want to be. If I don't don't agree with you, I'm not going to live there. But don't put your stuff onto me because you say, as a nation, we must do this. That's not what the federal government is supposed to be. The federal government is is supposed to pick up the stuff that falls through the cracks between the states. The states have to take back their rightful authority in the individual's lives. Yeah, the average high school student has no clue. They think the federal government is the end all and be all of everything in this nation. And the states are just some little appendage uh, for localized, you know, trash pickup or something small. They don't understand that these sovereign states were supposed to be sovereign states with a tremendous amount of control within their borders the only thing the federal government was supposed to do was allow peaceful crossing of borders without anybody getting in the way i mean you just go from one state to the other and also to for the common defense of our 50 or whatever number of states we had at the time that was the purpose Mm -hmm. of the federal government it wasn't to have the department of education there never should have been one none of those things i read an article maybe you've seen this one too let's go back to the 1970s early 1970s richard nixon gave us the environmental protection agency the epa but what people don't realize is before the epa ever came into being 
most of these horrific pollution issue problems that had been occurring in the 60s and into the 70s were being very well dealt with by the states. And pollution issues like the Cuyahoga River being on fire, they weren't solved by the federal government. It was solved by the state of Ohio. And and you could see this over and over again. And so now we have this department with how many employees um, that can make regulations with, that have the power of law without going through the legislative process. This is ridiculous. The founding fathers never wanted this, but we're stuck with it now. We've got to get well, rid of these we, agencies. We are stuck with it until the governors invoke nullification. If DeSantis stood up and said, you know, our Department of Environmental Protection in Florida here try to build a house. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna meet that person pretty quick because we like to preserve our wetlands down here. Right. We don't have a pollution problem, and and we have a thriving economy. So you're kind of redundant when you come in here with the with the federal EPA, mm-hmm. and we're just we're nullifying your authority to exist here. It needs to happen. If well, New York State, look, well, if New York State why, and chooses and New Jersey chooses to have the overlords in Washington run much of their state, that's their prerogative. Go ahead. Go ahead. You 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 want to listen to the master in Washington? Go right ahead. That's You want to vote for that? Go ahead. I don't care. But in my state, with my governor, he he's already said many times already, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And he might as well have used the word nullification. And for anybody who wants to make the argument that we can't use nullification, I am going to point out sanctuary states, sanctuary cities, sanctuary counties. The sanctuary state of California for illegal immigrants grotesquely violates federal law. So the precedent has been set. Absolutely. I want to finish our conversation real quick and then give you an opportunity to mention your publications and how to get, how people can find you. How do we rein in all of this Silicon Valley influence that shouldn't be there in terms of, in other words, there, there, it's unaccountable funding of elections is what it is. You know, it's a gift in kind that's not even counted. I, I'm, I'm limited to what I'm allowed to give to a candidate. But it seems that they have these unbelievable deep pockets and they get to cover, you know, they're doing it, pretending they're being unbiased and they are censoring individuals and they're controlling a narrative. What do we do about that? Stop being so dependent on social media and the Internet. I mean, really, it's a societal issue. We, we go to social media to find our news today because it's convenient and lazy. Yeah, we get on the we get on the net to do a search because we want the answer in 13 seconds. But if you take I did this with a because I was out of town, so I had to vote absentee. Mm-hmm. How many people know who the who the, who the judges are that they're retaining? I do. Most of the time, and because I, I voted uh, absentee because I'm a Florida resident. You are you are an, you are an anomaly. An overwhelming majority of the voters don't know jack about the judicial people, but it took me 30 minutes to look them up and find out some decisions they were involved in. Mm-hmm. And that gave exactly me knowledge of, of how not to do it. So we want to neuter Silicon Valley. 
We want to make sure the big money in politics doesn't matter as much as it does. Mm -hmm. Stop being lazy and do your own research. And stop ignoring the other issues on a ballot. I mean, you know, look, we a lot of people like where we live, they don't even know who their mayor is or who their their council person is in the city or in, in the county. They just don't know. They don't care. And that, and so that allows the machines to stay operating in certain parts of states. People are—they're not taking their voting seriously. Well, All that's the, be, that's that's because we don't talk about politics and religion anymore, and we don't teach it in our schools how our yeah. system's supposed to work. Real quick, before we run out of time, how do they find you again? You can find everything I write, do, say reimagine over at uh, <laughs> undergroundusa.com oh, mm, yeah if I hear anybody say reimagine one more <laughs> it is the most overused term that I know of since you know at the end of the day yeah, right now right now I'm reimagining that Stacey Abrams won't be running for anything again uh, maybe uh, yeah and I, I I don't think she's going to come back for a third time no she's president of Earth. She'd go back to Star Trek to be president of Earth. That's, that's so, what she needs to do. Yeah. Well, Frank, our time is just about up for today. And I want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to, to spend about an hour with us here on Truth to Ponder for this Thursday edition. And I hope that everybody will avail themselves. Do a little bit of research on your own. Check out the stuff that Frank has. He gave you the address. And I also want to thank all of you as we close our program today for the prayers you have given me over the past several, well, several weeks. I've mentioned since the summer I was fighting a health problem and I had no idea of what it was. And with our very broken medical system, trying to get appointments and find out what's happening takes forever. And this past week, back a week ago, really, I had a surgical procedure done to find out the source of this blood in the urine problem that had been plaguing me on and off for a year. And it turned out to be a carcinoma, which is a cancer, but it is low-grade, non-invasive. And so I'm excited that, you know, it could have been a lot worse, but we didn't know. And, And it was only because one of these little tiny tumors had latched onto a little blood vessel on the surface of the lining of the bladder and was dripping blood and that's how I spotted it now I probably have been having blood issues but they were not noticeable and that's a long story for some other day and this may have been going on for years but it's good to know that we're in good stead And so, yeah, we'll be here doing this radio program, the other ministry work that I have with Ancient Word Radio, and yes, some church planning. We'll talk about that maybe more tomorrow. But for now, I want to thank all of you that support this program financially. If you can consider helping us out, would you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. Post Office Box 510 in Chilhowee. That's C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowee, Virginia is 24319. That zip code again is 24319. Until tomorrow, may God richly bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. 
To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.